The Old Testament lesson appointed for Christmas Day is from the book of Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, beginning at verse 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring glad tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen. Your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson is from the letter to the Hebrews, the first chapter. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he had inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. This, too, is the word of the Lord. The gospel reading appointed for Christmas Day is from the gospel of John, chapter 1. You should note that during uh, the Christmas season, Christmas Eve typically is a time where we focus on the announcement of the birth of the Savior of the world coming into the world. And so last night we heard the reading from Luke 2 where the angels announced to the shepherds that the Savior has been born and they should go with haste to Bethlehem. Christmas Day is always reserved more to focus in on the mystery of the incarnation, that God becomes a human being in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we heard that in the epistle lesson, where we heard those classic Old Testament prophecies quoted to the Hebrews, talking about Jesus being the Son of God, being the exact representation of God. And now the gospel reading, John chapter 1, focuses in on the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. So we read from John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God, and his name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He who he was in the world and Though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 
Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This is the gospel of the Lord. Again, a warm welcome to all of you who are gathered here on this Christmas Day. A special warm welcome to our guests who are with us. We pray that the joy and the peace of the Christ child will fill your hearts, not only today, but also throughout this coming year and well into the future. Today is a day for pondering. To ponder means to consider, to weigh, to hold in balance. In Luke chapter 2, verse 19, we read these words. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Like that day with the angel. That's what Mary would have called it. The day that she sat stirring the fire and, or tending the fire and stirring the pot. When suddenly he stood in front of her. Strong and sure, with a voice that shook the foundations of her modest home. Greetings, you who are highly favored, was his salutation to Mary. Mary did not feel favored. In fact, she felt frightened, intimidated, but not highly favored. She shook with nervousness and a tinge of fear. It was a bad dream, wasn't it? He must go away. But the messenger did not go away. Instead, he smiled and he said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Mary shivered again as she pondered. So strong he was, so bright, so radiant. And then the angel sang of her son, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And she remembered the confusion. God's Son? The Savior of the world housed in my womb? <laughs> How can this be? I haven't had any sexual relations with anyone, not even Joseph. And the words of the angel stirred within her as she pondered, for nothing is impossible with God. And she whispered, may it be to me as you have said. And then nothing, just the fire in the simmering blackened pot. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Like her visit with Elizabeth, 
Old Elizabeth, her cousin, with folds under her eyes and chin, crow's feet engraved beside her deep brown eyes, and her gray hair pulled back over past her face. And when they met and Mary saw the puffy belly under the coarse robe that Elizabeth wore, Mary clasped her hand over her mouth to keep herself from giggling. When Elizabeth saw that this mere child stifled her giggles, she burst into a roar of laughter herself, and the two women embraced with tears running down their cheeks. A girl, barely a woman, and a six-month-old pregnant senior citizen. Oops, Elizabeth gasped. He kicked. Little John leaped with joy at the sound of your greetings. Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the child that you bear. And they laughed until Mary broke out in song. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. The days Mary spent with her elderly relative were warm and peaceful as the child grew within her. And all the time Mary treasured up these things and pondered like that time with Joseph, a much darker memory. Mary's brows drew together as she remembered the shock and the anger and the confusion when she croaked out her story to her future husband. Joseph was silent, dangerously silent, seething silent, hurt silent, bewildered silent. Joseph left without saying a word, not even a goodbye. But when he returned the next day, it was not with the rabbis. But instead, Joseph smiled, and he held Mary in his arms, and he gently stroked her dark hair. Something had happened. An angel had appeared to him, too, causing the stormy clouds of dissension to disseminate. And all the time, Mary pondered, like the journey. I mean, Mary didn't know why she had to go. It would have been enough for Joseph to have gone to Bethlehem by himself, but he insisted that she accompany him. And later she would understand that the birth of her son had to be in Bethlehem. But there was no room. The crowds and the confusion were exhausting. She was pushed and she was jostled and she was concerned about the baby within. And then there was a place for them while others slept on the corner streets and out in the alleyways. A cattle stall became vacant for them. And she remembers. She remembers the smell of the manure, the sweetness of the hay, the lowing and the bleating and the buying of the barnyard animals and the sweaty odor of Joseph's body as, he, as she snuggled tight into him that chilly night. And as these sights and sounds and smells flood Mary's mind, she ponders. She ponders when the contractions began. A twinge at first, then heavier, more intense, until her body felt like it would be torn apart. Joseph knelt beside her, encouraging her as tears dripped off his cheeks into the hairs of his beard. Push, push, he coached. Breathe, breathe, he urged. And when she felt like she could push no longer, squeeze no stronger, had nothing more to give, when she felt like she was beyond weak, Joseph's shout of joy shattered the intensity of the moment. 
I see the dark hair on his head. And Mary resolved to give that one final push. And then she heard the voice of her newborn son. After the umbilical cord had been cut, a beaming, proud Joseph placed the child in her arms. And as she counted his toes, the number of, her, of his fingers and toes, she weakly sang, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And then Mary fell into a deep sleep with Jesus, God's Son, nestled in her arms, suckling at her breasts. And Mary treasured all these things as she pondered, as she pondered the shepherd's visit. Filthy men the shepherds were. Mary didn't know which was worse, the, the shepherd's smell or the sheep's smell. They were the ones her mother had always warned her about. Never speak to a shepherd, her mother had cautioned. But now they crowded into this smelly cattle stall to get a glimpse of this newborn son. Silent at first, mouths wide open as though they had never seen an infant baby before. But one of the shepherds spoke of the angel's message and the vast chorus of angels singing, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people on whom his favor rests. And the shepherds too pondered as they tried to make sense of what the angels had announced and what they were now seeing with their very own eyes. And one by one, they reverently bowed low and politely left. Once outside, Mary heard them hooting and yelping and scurrying down the street, intoxicated with joy, telling everyone what they had seen and heard concerning this child. And Mary and Joseph laughed. And they held one another lightly, the baby safe between them. And Mary pondered. She treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Can we join Mary in her pondering today? For that is what we are called to do this hour. There'll be a later, there'll be a time later for planning and applying the lessons, for studying the text and trying to better understand all what this means for us. Except the essence of the Christmas day and the Christmas message is not understandable to human reason. God doesn't call his people to figure out Christmas Day, to figure out the virgin birth, to figure out the miracle of God becoming a human being, to try to figure out that the king of all kings is born in a stable. The wise men certainly didn't try to understand. They saw the star in the sky and they followed they followed that elusive glowing star in the heavens, pondering all the way. And the wise men simply bowed before the Christ child when they found him and they worshipped him. And they presented their Savior and King with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. We're not called to figure out these incomprehensible mysteries. God instead just simply invites us to the manger so that we might ponder and praise Him for the gift of His Son, our Savior. And that's really the goal of the Christmas Gospel, that hearing this old story will move us to believe in Him, to embrace Him, and to sing like His mother did, 
my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior precious little of that pondering magnifying and rejoicing in our Lord takes place in this dark cold world where we believe that in our sinful musings and self magnifying scheming we can get on and get ahead and make something of ourselves as though God could not make something better of us. What God makes of us is saints. Beloved sisters and brothers of Mary who have the Christ child nestled deep within ourselves by water and the Holy Spirit. Who have the Son of God himself invite us to this festive meal where he serves us his very body and blood assuring us of his forgiveness. And as we come to the manger, as we come to the baptismal font, as we come to the Lord's Supper, we ponder all of what Christ has done and is doing for us. Ponder, too, today what Mary will ponder with her gray hair pulled back and wrinkles creasing her face. Ponder that day of darkness. When Mary stood beside not a manger of stone, but beside a grotesque cross of wood, looking up at her baby, whose face was now drawn in pain, and who was not wrapped in swaddling clothes, but now wrapped in nakedness. And Mary remembered the words of the old man, Simeon, who had said to her, A sword will pierce your soul too. And oh, how it hurt Mary to watch her own son die. Ponder with Mary Jesus' love for her and his love for you. A love so great that it would drain from him the final breath of life. Ponder that. Know and believe that God so loved the world, that God so loved you and me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever ponders on him and believes in him will not perish, but have the greatest gift of all, eternal life. Yes, ponder. Ponder Mary taking her firstborn son and wrapping him in swaddling cloths and laying him in a tomb. And ponder the day of light. Yes, ponder too that Mary's son is risen, a truth witnessed by the eyes of his own mother. Jesus is risen from the dead. And so are you. Hallelujah. Mary treasured up all of these things and she pondered them in her heart. Sing with her as you ponder her son's birth and his crucifixion and his resurrection. Sing with her, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior who is Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.